They say that goalkeepers have no upside. Welcome back, listeners. Um, the headlines for this episode are we discuss Jota replacements or whether to replace at all, teams to target for the final two game weeks, and of course, we discuss the game week 37 captaincy. Welcome back to episode 215 of the FPL Surgery Podcast. It's the evening of Monday, the 17th of May, 2021, and game week 37 begins tomorrow. So that's Tuesday, the 18th of May. So it could be today uh, for some people listening. So we better get straight to it. Um, this is it, Josh. Three pods in seven days. Are you ready for this? I am, mate. Yeah, looking forward to it. Should be, it should be good. And I'm looking forward to the finale pod uh, as well, which we're doing uh, next Monday evening. That was my favourite pod of last season that I listened to. Um, so it's going to be good, good fun to be on that. Quite was a few fa- of us on it. Was your favourite last season not one with me on it? Or, or, or me even actually? Or no. no. <laughs> <laughs> don't like the sound of my own voice, and I don't like the sound of yours. <laughs> no, um, I just thought it was great. I just loved the whole vibe. There's loads of banter. It's quite good fun. They go quite in depth on, uh, you know, some sort of thoughts and lessons and seasons. Uh, you know, things that you've learned, and uh, I don't know. It's just it's just a good listen, and I thought uh, hopefully this year's will be uh, equally as good. I hope so. Hope so. But yeah, like I said, we better get on with it because we've only got one day until the next deadline. Yeah, we um, have. Yeah. <laughs> so this week's guest, he's a man to get your merch from. He sponsors the Piss Break and boasts two top 3K finishes as well. So please welcome to the podcast, FPL Merch, aka Ross. How's your season going? Hi, guys. Uh, firstly, thanks for inviting me. Uh, it's a real privilege. I've been listening to you for years. So, yeah, my season's going all right, actually. Um, I started really poorly. Um, I think I was about 4.8 million in after game week four, and I had already blown my wild card. Um, but I decided to take it one game week at a time. Um, and I'm currently about 70K at the moment, so I'm really trying to push for this top 50K. That's incredible. And it makes me it makes me so jealous because, I mean, obviously I had a very bad start, but you've completely recovered. How, how did you do it? Um, well, <laughs> I was in deep despair after game week four, four uh, not going to lie. But I thought I'm just going to try and aim for a green arrow every week. I don't care how big or small it it's going to be, but I just take it one game week at a time um and I, I just created a little bit of momentum from that and it's slowly but surely i think i got to about 1.2 million after game week 18 um and then i've just crept up uh, to about 70k now um so yeah i thought i thought i'd take it take it just in micro parts i th- i think and i think it worked out pretty well you're making me wish I'd wish I'd done similar instead of going for the the, the hail mary punts etc. Um, did you have John Stones out of interest? <laughs> I, I did actually, yeah, I did have him for his for the double game week, twenty seven yeah, points. Yeah, yeah, I did. That that definitely helped. Yeah, yeah, but to, I mean to get to seventy k, it has to be more than John Stones. I was just just wondering because that was when I started to lose any hope of having it having a respectable season. Um, but obviously that's brilliant and obviously a lot of our listeners would know you as FPL merch um, obviously you're a patron of the podcast you sponsor the piss break um, how did you come up with the idea of FPL merch 
Um, well, when I left school, I thought to myself, what do I want to do with my life? And then I thought, I know what, I want to sell tiaros and sashes to FPL losers. <laughs> <laughs> it basically all started when I lived in America for a couple of years. Um, they play fantasy football, which is fantasy NFL over there, and they just go so full on about it. And it is, it's really kind of an extravagant event every year. And they have trophies and they have loser prizes and they all meet for for the draft. And they it's kind of like a real community event with, with all of your mates. And I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it when I was over there. And I thought when I moved back, I was like, there is nothing like that for FPL. I, and it, even for kind of... If you have a really good season individually, it doesn't matter about your mini leagues because some people don't have mini leagues to be part of. Um, there is no rewards at the end of it, even if you finish in the top 1K or the top 10K. But yeah, it's something to be proud of, really. So that's why I came up with the idea of the top 100K mugs for the end of the season. Um, and I... I used Kickstarter to to fund it, but we're in the second year now and we've got mugs ready to be printed and to be sent off on, on Sunday for anybody who wants them. Nice, nice. Um, thank you. And we, we, I'm sure we'll get back to FPL merch side of things later. Um, but for now, how was your current game week, Ross? Um, it was average. I, I think I had a 2K drop. Um, I... Uh, I took a minus eight. I took out uh, Vardy, Bruno and Bowen um, and I brought in Kane, Sun and Gundogan. Um, and so I scored 47 in total. And what, what about yourself, Josh? How, how was your game week? It was all right. Pretty meh, if I'm honest with you. Um, so after the uh, the massive red arrow that I, I received in game week 34, which took me from 46k to 62k, I've sort of gradually gone up small greens in the last two game weeks for 62 to 58 and then this week was 58 to 55 so we've got 51 points um i went for Kane captain actually uh, rather than the uh, more popular salah this week just really fancied him I, it's a difficult one with those two at the moment because they're neck and neck obviously in the golden boot race and it's really you should be captaining who you fancy to win the golden boot not necessarily you know the team that you know the team that you think are in the better form or the better fixture. If you fancy Kane to win the Golden Boot with two games left or three games left, as it was last week, you know, um, then you should you should go for him over Sanna or vice versa. Transfer wise, um, what did I do? I brought in um, Dallas, my boy Dallas back. Uh, so he came in for Luke Shaw, uh, and then I brought Antonio in for Rianacho. So. Not bad transfers, not not the best. Only got nine men out. Um, Forster obviously didn't play. Um, uh, obviously, Yotta was a last-minute injury. And uh, the only bench player I had, Rian Brewster, didn't come on. So at the moment, Rich, I'm losing my bet with you. Yeah, I know. That was so happy when I saw the team sheet and then when Jebson scored as well. I thought if this if he scores for me this week, I've I've won throughout. I've won I've got points in FPL when you owe me a pint at FF Fest. So um but it's well, not looking it's not well, looking well, likely, is it? Before that you owe me oh no, you're not going, are you? 
Um, <laughs> I am. Oh, well, from the 24th. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm trying my hardest to get out what I've, what I'm, uh, what I am supposed to be doing, but it's, um, it's a family, uh, family I thing. Hope, so it's, it's so. looking unlikely. I, Cause I should probably take this moment to mention, um, that, that we, we've been invited along with planet FPL and who got the assist. Um, uh, we've got a meetup in London. Um, the provisional date at the moment looks like it's going to be July 24th, which is a Saturday. Um, but we're just waiting for the final details to be confirmed. But I'm looking forward to that. And Josh will find a way. I know you'll find a way, Josh. I'll try. Um, I'll try my hardest. But as I say, no promises. I'll be uh, definitely be upsetting the missus if I pull out of uh, my current plans, to put it that way. (laughs) But um, you sounded quite negative about 51 points. Ross sounded quite negative about his 55 minus 8. I only got 54, which is, I know it's more points. But I was absolutely delighted to get 54 points. But then at my rank, that's, that's a green arrow. Um, I, also, I did, though, I bet you Salah was under 100% at your, at your rank, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he was 80%. 80% yeah, there you go. Yeah. So you were like, wallet, and we go, great. Oh, wow. Come on, score yeah. another. Whereas I was like watching him with like one eye open and the other eye like, oh, God. It's, it's the one one benefit of being at this rank. But mm. do you know what? Because I, I rolled last week, didn't I? I rolled during the triple game week, you know, because I planned for this blank game week. And I didn't want to ruin those plans. And that's why I've actually, you both had 10 players. I actually have bench points. Like I've got Luke Ayling on the bench with his six points. But I brought in Gareth Bale uh, for Madison and I captained Bale. So I was quite happy with the seven points, doubled to 14. And then I brought in Calvert-Lewin as well for Vardy. So ironically, I, I wanted Mane, but the only striker I could have afforded if I went for Mane was Che Adams. He, he got nine points in the end. Um, but I'm happy with Bale. Um, really, really happy with Bale actually. Calvert Lewin, he's a disappointment as always for my team. But should have got Jebison. Oh, sure, sure, you could have seen that coming. Uh, do you know what? I'm tempted <laughs> to bring him in a captain. Jebison in a one-nil win away at Goodison Park. But, yeah, that was the most obvious thing this season, Rich. That was that was unbelievable that game. I mean, Sheffield United, Sheffield United looked really, really good. Um, okay. Yeah, a Goldrick good at both ends of the pitch. Um, <laughs> He, yeah, he like, had Luca, Luca Dean in his pocket. I didn't actually manage to see it, but I saw I saw their lineup and I thought, apart from I didn't really know who Jebison was, um, I um, I thought that's actually the strongest eleven I've seen them put out for a while. And I think part of the reason was was because the three centre backs looked like you know Basham and Egan and stuff, and it, you know it was a little bit more like what they were about last season, whereas. They've had a lot of injuries back at the back, you know, with the likes of Jagielka filling in and stuff. And um, I think it makes a big difference who's playing there. If you'd known who Daniel Jebison was, you wouldn't have taken the Brewster bet, believe me. Um, but we're, we're going to move on now. So we've got Alan this week, FPL Diagnosis, and he's going to run through some stats. So over to you, Alan. Hi, folks. Alan back with some stats from Game Week 36. So, we'll start off with some team stats. Uh, Tottenham beat Wolves 2-0 with an XG of 3.0 to 1.2. That is actually their highest recorded XG since they beat Man United 6-1 all the way back in game week 3. And actually higher than when they beat Southampton 5-2 back in game week 2. Man City beat Newcastle 4-3 in a pretty thrilling game. The XG stands at 2.2 to 1.3 in Newcastle's favour. Of course, Newcastle got two penalties, which skews the data a bit. But StatsBomb, as you might remember, adjust their XG for a goal score on the rebound of a saved penalty. So, not by that much. Leeds beat Burnley 4-0, but Burnley did manage to put up 
1.5 xg to leeds is 2.3 so that clean sheet for leeds was perhaps a bit lucky everton should have scored in their 1-0 loss to sheffield united the xg data has it as 1.4 to 1.6 however in the blades favor Liverpool had the most shots at 26 but only got 6 on target. They're followed by Spurs with 23 but 11 on target. And for the first time this season we have Crystal Palace in the top 5 for shots. They got 23 shots altogether and 8 on target. Leeds and Everton make up the rest of the top 5 with 16 and 6 on target. And for chances created, we again find the same teams, Liverpool, Spurs, Palace and Everton, but Wolves also make an appearance here, which together with that 1.2 xG they put up suggests that maybe that Spurs clean sheet wasn't the safest. And looking at some player stats, the highest individual non-penalty xG number recorded this game week was by Harry Kane at 1.31, followed by Ferran Torres at 1.05 and Dele Alli at 0.88, also pretty closely followed by Rodrigo and Jebison. Our three biggest underperformers, aka people that should have bloody scored, are Dele Alli with 0.89, Dominic Calvert-Lewin with 0.84 and Michael Antonio at 0.68. Harry Kane had the most shots of the game week with 7 and 4 on target, followed by Ferran Torres with 6 and 3 on target, Mo Salah with 4 and 3 on target, Fulham's Fabio Carvalho with 3 on target and Wilf Zaha with 5 and 2 on target. Thiago and TAA created the most chances of the game week with 5, followed by Gareth Bale, Son and Creswell all on 4. That's it for this time, back to you Rich. Thank you very much, Alan, and thank you for doing that with such a short turnaround. If you'd like to join the FPL Surgery Patreon, please Google FPL Surgery Patreon or go to patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. Thank you to all of our Patreons, and I should mention that we'll obviously, during the off-season, so June and July, all payments will be suspended for Patreon. So if you'd like to sign up, there'll be no payments taken t- until August the 1st. And of course, thank you to our top-tier Patreons, so that's Andy Portlock, Ron Frosk, and of course, Ross from FPL merch they're pledging at the highest tier who yeah (laughs) who exactly (laughs) no thank you very much ross and and andy and ron brosk as well and let's go straight back to those headlines okay so our first headline is for those who have jota he's out for the season um obviously the season's only a week it sounds like it's not a very long-term injury but with the deadline so close that's him done for the season so ross if we come to you first you have Jota. Um, so are you going to be selling him? And do you know who you might replace him with if so? Well, um, I don't think he can do any worse than what he's already done to when he's been in my team. Because I don't think I've hit on Jota at all this season. I don't I don't even think I know anybody who has. I have. Hit, the only have player. You? Only player, mate. I've, <laughs> every time I bought him in, I bought him in, he got a brace, I sold him. Then everyone else jumped on him and he started blanking. I love him. I hate oh, every other player. Well, but who would, yeah. have, who would have thought that it would be you? Eh? <laughs> the only player I like. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I am going to be getting rid of him. I think I'm going to be getting rid of him this week. And I think it's going to be Greenwood. Um, just because it makes the most sense. Uh, he's, he's a similar price. I can afford him. And... Um, He's got a really nice fixture next week, which I think Manchester United might be um, trying to put on a bit of a show to their fans against Fulham at home. And I fancy him to start. I think I think 
the thought is whether you can see whether he will will play in the final or not. If he's in, if he's not in the first team, uh, first eleven for the final, then he's likely to play the next two games, surely, um, and then kind of be benched for the final. Um, so yeah, it's going to be Greenwood for me. I guess that's the question. So if you brought him in, obviously for this week, the Fulham game is brilliant. But then would you still play him uh, in, in game week 38 against Wolves? Or are you just going to decide next, the week after next, so in game week 38? Yeah, I think I can see a side uh, for United when where um, they're going to they're gonna play their most experienced players for the final. And if that's the case, then they're likely to play Rashford and Pogba in as a front three with Cavani. So if that is the case and that is what I would be betting on, I can see Greenwood playing both both games. So I, I would play him for 38 as well. And I've already got a bench uh, of 15 players. So if he doesn't play, it's not devastating for me. Nice, nice. And what, what about yourself, Josh? What are you going to do with Jota? I'm 50-50 at the moment. So I've got Rudiger... Uh, as the player that would come in if I do choose to bench uh, Jota and roll the transfer. Um, if I want to get rid of Jota, I've got no money in the bank. So Greenwood's not an option. So I've got to look um, beneath his price. And I'd say at the moment, and this sounds very points chasing and it's not the way I normally play the game at all, but probably Jack Harrison's probably the most attractive option in terms of having two really good fixtures and also um, being in good form and quite a high upside, as, as, as we can see. He's now, I think he's now the sixth highest scoring midfielder in the game, uh, which has gone very much under the radar. Um, so he's done really well this season for a 5.5 midfielder, 152 points. Um, he's even ahead of Gundogan and Sterling. So, yeah, pretty impressive. Um, so he, he'd be probably where I'd be looking. Um, it's so frustrating, Josh. I mean, I've brought him to my team three times, and he's had to leave every single time. Mm, you know, I there mean, was a lot, can, lot of like half-time subs, etc. The funny thing is, if you look at his points, I mean, he's got a sixteen, a thirteen, and a twelve, right? Fair dues. But there's, yeah, there is a lot of. I mean, the thing is, though, he often gets subbed early as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he got subbed. There was the double game week where Dallas got mm-hmm. a haul, and I had Harrison instead, and he got subbed at half time for Costa. And that was a pattern for a, a few weeks. I've just got a feeling with Rafina coming back from injury, though, he's going to use his subs to potentially, you know, give and take Rafina off towards the end of the game as opposed to Harrison. He doesn't normally do it with both wingers. Um, so I don't know. He's the only one that I'm considering really, um, unless you've got any other ideas. I think it's it's a it's a difficult one. You know, there's there's not really a great deal of options other than Greenwood himself. Um, really, I mean, there yeah. is Rafinha. I've already got him. Um, but yeah, apart from I'd say I'd say Rafinha and Greenwood are, are the obvious ones, really. It is impressive what Harrison's done, especially when you consider he's on loan for Man City. So he instantly couldn't play two games as well. So it is, and and, and one other, just while we're talking about you know where players are in in the uh, in the FPL sort of scoring charts for the season, another thing that that's that's amazing is how Trent's now at uh, second amongst all defenders, considering he's had such a terrible season for his you know standards. 
Um, so that's that's you know. Did, that's did you great know Luke, Luke Aylin's got eleven clean sheets and Trent's only got eight? It's well, crazy, isn't it? <laughs> so that's that's not helped Trent with it. With Unfortunately, his uh, his expected goal involvement of about twenty has not really uh, capitalised on, and uh, therefore that's why he's so low on the uh, scoring um, charts. Um, <laughs> but Ross, um, I, mean, I know I know you're going to go for Greenwood, but were there other players you were considering, or was it just Greenwood? That's it. I mean, what about your Newcastle players? You're a Newcastle fan, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I am in secret. <laughs> but oh, now sorry. everybody knows no no <laughs> um yeah I am a Newcastle fan Newcastle have a couple of good fixtures remaining they're playing Sheffield United at home and then Fulham away um the only problem that I can see to that is they tend to be quite defensive teams and Newcastle have been thriving just recently playing counter-attacking football now I don't know to what extent um they're going to be able to do that in the next couple of games. But I, I definitely think it's worth a punt. I think Willick is a good punt uh, at 1% owned. Um, and then St. Max is is another one. Um, I, I quite like Harrison as well. I, I like the Leeds boys. Um, and I think they would be more... They would be more in contention, I think, than the Newcastle guys for me. I think with Leeds, the the exciting thing about Leeds is you know that they can they can rack up a bit of a cricket score like the big boys can, and therefore they're they're quite good value picks from an upside perspective. You know, you look at like um, Rafina and Harrison; they're both five point five million each. You know, and if you look at the sort of scores that, that they've had recently. I mean, the last two games they've scored, as a team, they've scored seven goals against Spurs and Burnley, who you would normally say are teams that don't have the worst defences. Um, so, yeah, it's just, you know, and, and you look at, they're playing their last two, they've got Southampton and West Brom. West Brom, the last time they played them, they won 5-0. Um, and Southampton, what did they do last time? They they won three nil. So you know they've scored eight against those two teams. So it, they're clearly teams that they you know can can score goals against. And I do think that Leeds are they are a little bit of a flat track bully uh, in terms of the way they play. They that you know a lot of teams set up against them, obviously. You know, West Brom and Southampton haven't got anything to play for, but the teams set up against them in a different way than how they set up against the the top six. You know, they'll, they'll play a City, United, a Chelsea, a Liverpool, and they'll set up. Oh, well, you know, we've got to play five at the back or five in midfield. We've got to, you know, really uh, park the bus. Whereas with Leeds, they don't treat them in the same way, but Leeds play like a top six team. And I think it really works to their favour. And I could see them continue to rack up the goals in these last two fixtures. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of my resentment towards Harrison comes from other people went for Dallas and I went for Harrison. So maybe that's part of the bias there. But one thing I did read today was Bielsa's made these comments. Um, well, he's made a statement saying that um, Robin Koch and Klitsch, um will be handed her early leave ahead of the Euros. Mm. So obviously Cox mm-hmm. not been playing recently but Cleek obviously has been playing so I mean does that mean that Leeds could be on the beach or am I just scaremongering by saying something like that what, what do you think Ross <laughs> I, I really don't think that Leeds are going to be on the beach um 
they're going to be playing their first home game in 15 years in the Premier League with fans against West Brom in game week 38. I'm, I can't see anything other than them trying to put on a show um, again with their fans um, because they haven't been able to be part of it this season. Um, I don't think it's what Bielsa is as well. Um, one stat that I noticed with Harrison actually um, is that since game week 29, his non-penalty XG has almost halved from 542 minutes to 289. Um, I, that is still a lot, but it is worth noting. And also, like you say, the players that Bielsa is planning on resting because they're going to go into international duty. Harrison isn't going to have that issue. Um, so if anybody's worried about Harrison's minutes, because he can come can come off um, after 60 minutes, it has been known to, then I don't think they should be worried about that. What a great answer. Honestly, I have, I have no comeback to the thing with the fans. Um, that's, you've almost convinced me. I think the fans also, uh, <laughs> the fans will, may only get one chance to see Rafinha at Ellen Road as well if he gets a big move in the summer. That's very true. No, it's very I true. I think you're just... towards Harrison, Rich, is because you, um, you struggled to grow a top knot during lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> That's something I would struggle to do, as you, as you probably know, Josh. But so, uh, it's just funny. It's a funny game, isn't it? Because the whole season, people have asked me, why don't you have Dallas? And it was because I had Harrison. And now it's like, I was finally thinking of getting Dallas this week. And now people are talking about Harrison. It's just, yeah. It's just, it's just a very frustrating that's, game. This that's time. just your season, isn't it? Yeah. It, I just it's... love Leeds. I just love Leeds. They're just, they're, they're, they're the perfect sort of FPL team, aren't they? They're so much entertainment. They're cheap as chips. Love the manager. And next season, I'll probably get two, two, possibly three from the start again, because just really enjoy, and I really enjoy watching their games as well. They, they, they're, you know, like, you know, if I'm not watching Chelsea from a, uh, you know, a neutral. I mean, you know, they're never neutral games when you when you play FPL, are they? You always want some sort of outcome to to, to go your way. But in terms of non-Chelsea games, that I watch. I love watching Leeds. They are they are the best. You know, the best team to watch. Really. Okay. I think well, we've kind of covered. So our next headline is going to be teams to target for the final two game weeks. So should we not even talk about Leeds? I think we should move on, move on to some we've other got a question. We've got a question about them. So we've got to, uh, maybe we should start there and then, and then okay. work our way so, down. Uh, so the second headline is teams to target for the final two game weeks. We're, we're touch on Leeds again at the request of Josh um, and, and Tom Brown, who asked on Twitter, with no Leeds players going into the final two fixtures, who is the best one to get? Dallas defensive and attacking returns potential. Rafina, arguably their best player. Harrison, the form player. Eiling, nice hair and gives Josh an opportunity to talk about those underlying stats. So, Ross, which Leeds players do you have and which <laughs> Leeds players would you want? Well, I currently have Dallas. And as far as players that I want, I mean, I like to pick players based on their luscious curls as much as the other person. Um, but I don't think I'm going to be going for Ailing. Um, I I really I'm really deciding between Rafinha and Harrison. Um, I I might take a hit to bring one of them in this week. I probably would rank them Rafinha as one and Harrison as two, only because Harrison does seem like the form player. Um, but the previous five games before this game, he he had 
I think one assist in total. So he can be he can be a, a little bit fluky when it comes to comes to when when he scores goals. Um, and he can have some uh, droughts in him. Um, I think Rafinha is more consistent and the better player, so that's why I'll choose Rafinha. Yeah, nice. Yeah, his that goal he scored as well. I mean, I thought it was a fluke at first, but I think he did actually mean it. And then obviously he got two assists for Rodrigo, who suddenly decided he knows how to score goals. What, what do you reckon, Josh? I've got um, Dallas and Rafinha at the moment. Uh, I think the only other one I would look at is, is Harrison. I'm not messing around with defenders at this point. In the season, um, Bamford doesn't look like he's in the greatest of form, if I'm honest. Um, just uh, just to touch on Luke Hayden very quickly, why not? Seeing as Tom Brown, uh, with his question, invited it. Um, just just <laughs> very, very interesting. Final, final bit of, of info about Luke Hayden before uh, the end of the season. Every, you know, so many questions flying around Twitter at the start of the season. What what leads you Fred, did you go for? Dallas or Ailing? Dallas or Ailing? I went for both of them and obviously played Dallas every week and benched Ailing. But Dallas, from an XGI perspective, Dallas is the most overperforming defender in the whole of FPL for this season with plus 3.75. So he's overachieved uh, plus 3.75 uh, uh, goals and assists. Um, this season and Luke Ayling is the most underachieving of all defenders in FPL from X- XGI perspective uh, minus 4.73 just it's just hilarious that like they're both at completely opposite ends of the scale in terms of what they've done uh, this season <laughs> and, and he was he was about to outscore Dallas for the first time in ages and then he lost his bonus point when the when the bonus points came in oh really um, yeah because he was fir- he was firmly rooted to my bench for sailing um it's very hard to predict when he'll get clean yeah. sheets or not. He seems to sit there, you know, when, because I, I thought Burnley would score. Burnley have looked great recently. Oh, yeah. Chris Wood, yeah. Chris Wood as well. They're, they're, they're terrible from set pieces. Yeah. Uh, you know, terrible um, uh, from that perspective. And yeah, he's been a monster in terms of XG recently. But well, they, did, they did have three big chances as well. So I think it was quite a lucky clean sheet. Uh, that Leeds kept there. Well, Alan, Alan just told us that, wasn't he? He said, yeah. they said you know, like 1.5 XG or something. So. Yeah. Yeah, um, but no, I think I think for me, yeah, it'd just be Harrison, really. Um, I don't think there's anyone else um, that would interest me. I wouldn't go Bamford now, and I wouldn't go Rodrigo now, and I don't think you need to be messing around with defenders unless you haven't got Dallas and you, and you want to jump on him for the last well, two. Well, that's the thing, because I've got Eiling and Rafina. I've had them both for weeks. I've held Rafina through, through his injuries, just benching him, and I've been looking at bringing Dallas in and then benching Eiling for this week. But like you say, with the stats-wise, you know, Eiling's been unlucky. Dallas yeah, has been overperforming. If, a lot of the shots Dallas had this week were for, from distance, and, you know, he's getting shots, but it, I don't know. He didn't if, Ayling, like... if Ayling, honestly, if Ayling's 4.5 next season, and he should be, I, honestly, I, I think, you know, how much he's underperformed that attack, those attacking stats this season you know, he's got to be a solid 4.5, plays 90 minutes every game, um, you know, uh, for next season. He, when when you, when you know Dallas is going to be like 5.5 million, he's probably might even be a midfielder for all we know. Um, bearing in mind he's played probably at least 50% of his games in midfield now. He'll be, be Lundstrom'd, old Dallas, I reckon. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, we, so we'll move on from Leeds now. Um, we've got a question from Paul Goldsmith. Can you focus on teams who have something to play for? 
Um, so obviously there's there's not actually with no relegation battle there's not actually that many teams with something to play for. Um, but Ross, what do you, what do you reckon? I had a little think about this. I don't I don't know if having something to play for equates to picking successful players. Um, because Leicester and Liverpool have had something to play for for weeks, and yet they have been on pretty bad form and struggled to score goals and keep clean sheets. Mm. So whether that is based on nerves, um, it, that could be a factor. But that said, um, a few teams that have something to play for, West Ham, Everton and Arsenal, I think, are, are trying to achieve um, a, a spot in, in Europe um and i think west ham might be the best one out of all of them so yeah i'd i'd pick west ham out of the lot i think it's got to be liverpool in terms of teams that seem like they've got momentum at the moment you know i mean you saw how crazy they went when allison scored yesterday um so yeah them west ham i think are the teams that uh, i'd target from from that perspective but i don't know west ham aren't looking amazing at the moment really they have got the fixtures and obviously Brighton away is a tough game in even yeah. you know they, they, they were they were fantastic without Dunk and um, Veltman so um, you know these next two fixtures are a very good opportunity for West Ham and their assets from an FPL perspective but yeah so I go I go them in Liverpool they've got the fixtures they've got the reasons for it really um, and but I think I think most of us most of us probably have those players that we want. Um, you know, most people will have the likes of Trent, Salah, Lingard, Antonio. You know, I can't imagine many people are buying those sorts of players at the moment. And obviously a lot of us are going to have to be selling Yotta. So I guess the good thing about those teams and also, I guess, Leeds as well, is that they tend to, they're going to play their best, best eleven. That you're not going to get stuff like Scott yeah. Carson playing, are you? So you at least you know your players in the last two game weeks are going to play. And then that's what I like about Leeds as well. I know we have just got off the, the topic. Oh, we're straight, but, straight uh, back on them, aren't we? Yeah, we got them. It's just an addiction, honestly. Um, but, so, but on a serious note, you know, they are they are the team, one of the teams in the league that you can really relax on the team sheet. You know that Bielsa is very loyal to his, his players and you know as long as you've got you know, the more nailed players. So not the likes of Alioski and, you know, players like that, but you've got the more the more nailed picks that, you know, they're going to be there every week, week in, week out. So, you know, it is that, it is that nice comfort to have an FPL that you don't have to get nervous on the team sheet. But then again, there are teams that you get nervous on the team sheet, but they have a, a higher upside. Obviously, City... Uh, Chelsea defenders and there's a reason why we do that because we know how how great they are for bringing in points yeah nice nice um so we've moved on we've got a question from FPL Dave so obviously Ross you know him he does the piss break advert for you um now Dave's asking for the top three punts for the last two game weeks um so I mean do you have any punts that you'd like so maybe maybe slightly more risky ones um yeah, I think now Jota is um, injured, I think that means that Firmino will play the next few games. Um, he's definitely a punt because he um, his scoring record hasn't been amazing this season. But, I mean, none of the front three of Liverpool have really played that well or been in form this season. Um, so, so he could be one. Um, I think... 
I was going to say Greenwood, but he's not really a punt anymore, is he? Because he's quite highly ho- owned. Um, but I also think Rafinha and Willock could be punts. Willock especially at 1%. Yeah, nice. I like, I like that, especially with Liverpool, because I guess something a bit boring about Jota is he was so cheap that, you know, anyone could get to him. Like, my, I think my plan was to get him back this game week. So it almost became a bit of a dead spot in the team. Mm. So I, and Robertson and Mane are obviously the higher end of their, you know, their positional bracket. So, yeah, I, I do like that Bobby Shout, you know, quite quite a lot. Um, yeah. And as a, as a lot of us own uh, Jota, we've got a, a spare space for Liverpool now. Exactly, exactly. And it's hard to get up get up to Mane, isn't it? I mean, obviously, unless you've got a lot, lot of money in the bank. Um, and you, and also, they'll all be nailed now, you'd you'd expect, with them something to play for. Um, so, yeah, and because it was Jota that was causing the rotation mm-hmm. and he was so cheap that everyone everyone got, got on him. So, yeah, right. it's made the game a little bit more interesting. Uh, whether you just stick with two, like Salah and Trent, or you start looking at players like Firmino or, or Robertson yeah, I mean- even. He's ridiculous value, Jota, isn't he, really, for what you're getting. Yes. Someone who's playing, you know, probably, what, two out of three, uh, three out of four, maybe, you'd say, um, in, you know, the games in, in the uh, Liverpool front three. It's, and, and a player of his ability as well, you know. He's been a lot better than Mane this season. And um, and obviously, he's a lot more prolific than Firmino. So it's... it's yeah, yeah, but that's what made it boring because he was just easy to get in. Like, and yeah. he almost made Mane and Robertson completely useless. I mean, maybe yeah. some would argue the defensive numbers Liverpool are putting up are making Robertson still useless. Um, but yeah, no, I, li- I like that. Um, what, what about you, Josh? Have you got any punts that you like for the, the last couple of game weeks? Well, I think from a fixture perspective, uh, looking at the ticker... Um, Newcastle at the top, Sheffield United at home, Fulham away. I think uh, obviously it's a real shame to lose Callum Wilson because he'd actually be a really, really nice pick now. Um, but I think, yeah, the midfielders, Willock and uh, St Maximum, obviously interesting. West Ham have got West Brom away, Southampton at home. As I said, I think most people will have their players at the moment. I think it's really Antonio. I don't I don't really think any of the midfielders are making much of a case. Um Obviously, Lingard has, but he's not posting the stats he was. Um, and there were Leeds. We've touched on them uh, more than enough. And then uh, Liverpool, obviously. Um, and again, you know, like I said earlier, I think everyone's probably already invested in them. I'd say the interesting one for me, if 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 you guys uh, feel there's an option there at all, is Arsenal. So Arsenal have got Crystal Palace away and Brighton at home. So, that, you know, they're, they're good fixtures. They're not amazing, but they're good fixtures. And, um, you know, be interesting to see if you think there's an option there. I think it seems to be that Saka has been playing a little bit more uh, defensively recently, either at fullback or wing back. Um, but, yeah, whether there, is there an option at, at Arsenal? I actually had two Arsenal players written down. Mm. Um, Aubameyang. Uh, yeah. I think if I had the money, I'd I'd go back there. Despite obviously last time I had him, he got malaria. I think yeah, Abamyang, especially this week, you know, against Palace, he could be a captain option. And then you've got the cheaper player, haven't you? You've got Martinelli. Um, mm. I mean, obviously rotation's always a little bit of a risk at Arsenal. But yeah, I, I mean, I would actually quite fancy Abamyang. Um, I guess there's other players in that bracket, though, aren't there? You've got Bale, who's putting up you know absolutely insane numbers at home. And I mean, I mentioned I captained him this week. But 
you know, in the in the last few weeks, his home numbers in particular against poor teams, when he's when he's played more than 45 minutes, I think the seven pointer he got this week was the lowest points that he's had in, mm. in a home game. And then you've got Mane as well. So, yeah, so, so Bale's home games where he's played more than 46 minutes, 21, 9, 14, 19, 9 and 7. Mm. Um, Do you but, think yeah, he'll play, though? That's the because I wasn't expecting him. Uh, to play that many minutes I assumed he'd come off at 60 or 70 and he came off about 80 it was quite late eight, I think it was 87 minutes he got subbed off mm. so it's a, yeah. it's a good question you'd have expected more wouldn't you but then again I captain Kane and he, he as Alan said earlier he was the posted the top XG for the game week yeah well, he, he was on post- that a couple of times woodwork twice yeah, yeah. Ali hit the woodwork so, yeah so it would have been yeah. a cane assist even if Ali had stuck it in and so yeah I was quite unfortunate not to get more out of him really yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's I guess that's the only thing against Martinelli, uh, or sorry, Aubameyang, or Martinelli, um, but particularly Aubameyang. You know, you could go for Mane, who's probably got the better mm-hmm. two fixtures. And I think then, you, you know, the only thing I'd say about Arsenal as well, like, I don't know, I think the team sheet's still a bit questionable. Who's going to who's gonna turn up, right, in terms yeah, of, I mean... That's always the risk, always yeah. the risk. Yeah. Arteta, I think has never really known his best 11 which might be half the problem um and you know you, you look at all of them and you're looking down the list at Aubameyang you know Pepe Smithrow um Odegaard Martinelli Lacazette it's like pff, I don't know it might not be the for the, the risk worth taking really you are probably better uh risking it on a, on a team that um don't have to worry about the team. She maybe like Leeds or someone like that, you know. God, <laughs> oh, not again, not again. There is one one other player I wanted to mention on this one, and it's a it's a big risk. Um, but it's Ben Rama. They've got so West Ham have got West Brom away, Southampton at home. Did you? Well, you love uh, a bit of Ben Rama. You had him for about five minutes earlier in the season, didn't you? And you, you yeah, I mean, you, again, he's still a rotation risk, but you, I mean, we've seen two sides of him. Signed up to his fan club and then cancelled your membership <laughs> in the same week. Did you see him against Burnley? Like yeah, thirty-four, he was incredible. And then I was speaking to FPL Lions earlier, and he was saying how bad he was against Everton. But then he, you know, he scored his first West Ham goal off the bench. Yeah, he's and, a good player. He's got potential, but Very he's a bit player. of an all fart no poo player, isn't he? Like he's he looks he looks great on the ball, and you're like, oh god, this is an exciting player to own and all that sort of stuff. But mm, don't know. I'm yeah, not, looks, I don't he, think I don't think he's Moyes' favourite player, and I don't think he's a, a David Moyes type player. Brentford fans might player. disagree with you there, Josh. Yeah, but he's the one. Championships one thing, you know. Um, otherwise, David Nugent would still be playing in the Premier League. Um, you know, he, he could always do it in the championship, couldn't he? <laughs> amongst amongst others, let's be honest. But no, I just think, um, yeah, he's not really a Moyes type player, and I think he's always going to prefer. Obviously, Lingard's locked, but he's going to always prefer Bowen and Fournals, and I just, I just can't see him getting a start before the end of the season, really. See, I've owned, I've owned Bowen, and he's just recently been benched indirectly for Ben Rama. Um, but because Antonio is playing now. So I, I can see him. It, it does look like he is favoured over Bowen at the moment because Bowen hasn't been playing so well just recently. Um, it also looks like throughout the season, Ben Rama just needed a goal to gain his confidence and then he'll be away because he had so many close attempts 
over the last few weeks. Um, I really like that shout of Ben Rama, actually. I think that's a really good one. And he's almost 0% owned um, as in effective ownership. So, I mean, he could be huge. I mean, he could be benched as well. And then this looks ridiculous. But yeah, no, I really like Ben Rama. Um, so we'll move on quickly. So we fire through the next two questions. Um, so we've got a question from uh, Michael Lund. It's about goalkeepers. So Michael's got Edison and Gaeta as goalkeepers. And he's saying he needs to sub one out and is asking who is the best choice or best goalkeeper choice for 37 and 38, in your opinion. Um, so, Ross, who would you, I mean, would you do the transfer? And if so, what goalkeeper would you be looking at? Yeah, so I don't know if you uh, heard, um, but Hodgson said in his press conference that um, he wanted to make sure he gave Buckland a game at least before the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So whether that means that... Um, he's going to get more than one game by saying at least or whether it was that complimentary game uh, and then it was going to go back to the number one um i th- i think that he will start um guaita um, yeah so i don't know whether it is at all necessary and um, and if he doesn't i guess edison could start as well so edison's going to start the next two yeah um, pep said it in the press conference earlier so it's only really a move if he has two free transfers, nothing to do. I don't even think you'd do that, though, would you? No, with City, you've got Brighton, Brighton away, Everton at home. I mean, it's fine, isn't it, really? And there, um, yeah, City there seems to be a, against anyone. There seems to be enough of a chance that both are going to, one is going to, at least one is going to play. Out yeah, of the exactly. exactly. It'd be very unlucky this week. Very unlucky. Right, Michael, mm-hmm. it's been promised to you by Ross and Josh uh, that you were going to have a playing goalkeeper <laughs> this week. And Pep, actually. <laughs> and Pep, apparently. Yeah, trust Pep. He's a really trustable guy. Yeah, exactly. you know, he always what looks after me. us. So we yeah. know exactly what he's going to do. That's yeah. what worries me. But OK, if you both had to just pick a goalkeeper, just pretend, just pretend, you know, someone was looking to bring a goalkeeper in this week for a different reason. Who would you go for? If we start with you, Ross. Man, um, I think I would go for... West Ham goalkeeper Fabianski. Fabianski, nice. And what about yourself, Josh? Meslier, why not? Let's keep oh, with the Leeds. Oh, Leeds. Yeah, well, I'll yeah. go to Dubravka. Dubravka, they got Sheffield United and then they got Fulham. So two yeah. of the worst attacks in the league. But you don't think that um, he gives. Um, what's his name? Well, they, if you don't know his name, Josh, he's not going to. Yeah, the Newcastle <laughs> guy. Yeah, he's clearly so good that I can't remember his name. Uh, Darla, I oh, know he's injured. He's injured, Darlo. He's got a knee injury. Let's let's move on. We we'll do one more question, then we've got to go. He was he was just, just to go back to him. He was great for them earlier in the season. I actually thought it was very unfair that he got replaced. So um, yeah, but had he, he not he, been had he, he not been red flagged, had he not been red flagged, I do think he might have got one of the last two games. Final question is on Twitter from CNG. So thank you. Best six point five or less striker for the last two. So if we come to you first, Ross. What striker for less than six and a half million? What's Bamford these days? <laughs> it's about six point five, six point four. Both of them are hovering. So he's six, he's six point five. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably say Bamford. I think he's going to start both games. And Josh? I'd go Antonio personally. I think there's a higher ceiling with Antonio, and um, they've got more for more to play for. Bamford's getting subbed a little bit at the moment. Rodrigo's a bit of a threat there as well. Yeah, I'd go Antonio personally. 
Yeah, I think I'd go Antonio as well, but I, I guess it depends because if it's for Ian Acho, for example, I think he could actually be all right. I know his fixtures don't look great on paper, but Chelsea, Chelsea then Spurs. But 38, I quite fancy Leicester Spurs to be a high-scoring game. Yeah, I agree with that. Both I agree playing with that. something, so I think it depends. You know who CNG is replacing. Like if it's Nacho. I'd be tempted to stick, especially if you can bench this week. And if not, I mean, he could score against Chelsea. Um, Ooh, steady. He could. I mean, you've not been, you've not had they, the best week as a Chelsea fan, have you? They, but, need, um, they need 40 <laughs> yard. They need Kepa to be playing to score against us. Uh, <laughs> so game week, uh, our last headline is game week 37 captaincy. So I think there's three standout captains here, isn't there? There's Salah away to Burnley. You've got Bruno against Fulham. And then you've got Kane at home to Villa. Um, so Ross, I mean, do you think one of those stands out, or do you think there's one better than those three? No, that's probably the three that I would choose. I think I would go for Bruno if I had him. Would you bring in Bruno just to captain him? I mean, I mean, I'm guessing you're going for Greenwood, aren't you? So the answer's probably no. But yeah, the reason why I'm going for Greenwood is I can't afford Bruno. But um, if I was to, if I was in a position where I was leading my mini league. Um, and the other person had Bruno, I would probably take a hit to get him in. But unfortunately, I'm not in that position. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I personally wouldn't do it, but I can probably see the appeal to um, to bring him in just for defensive purposes. Um, <laughs> because Fulham have just been absolutely terrible at the moment. Um yeah, they they haven't their minute minutes per big chance conceded have been forty minutes per xG conceded forty six point six, and then big chances conceded twenty seven point seven over the last four weeks, um, they, which is they, dead last. They dropped off a cliff, haven't they? Absolutely <laughs> dropped off a cliff. There was a it's point weird, where we were it? saying they were they were good defence. Um, yeah, it's really weird. I don't really yeah. you know because if you look at um. Obviously, Sheffield United have been have been poor, but um, you know, with like West Brom, um, West Brom have you know they've had some bad results, but they have steadily been increasing. Uh, you know, it, it, um, getting better. I think under Sam Allardyce, I think that Sheffield United have obviously, I think they've picked up a couple of wins in the last uh, four four weeks. Um, you know, obviously the, the the game against Everton being the most recent one, and. I don't know. It's a bit of a funny one with Fulham because you'd imagine that Parker's going to stay there, um, and you know, back with them in the in the championship. So I don't know why they've suddenly, you know, completely changed changed no, so, the way things so, are going. So, there, really. so would he, would Bruno be your choice as well then, Josh? I'm not sure. It really. It, I think I love Kane at this time of the season, and I, and I'd love to stick it on Kane, but I'm just concerned that Villa are a decent enough team compared to Fulham and Burnley at the moment. Did you see the news? So just before we started recording, uh, Colm Hayes, who was obviously on the pod a few weeks ago, he said that Tyrone Mings may well be back for this game. Um, right. Obviously, Matty Cash is still out, so they'll be yeah. playing your old mate, El Mahamadi. Um, so maybe he part could. of the reason they did that... Son's going to have a field day there, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, possibly, possibly. Um but yeah, I, I, Ming, Mings is back because I was yeah. I was really heavily leaning towards Kane or Bale because of Mings and Cash being out, but now it's just Cash is out. Um, good player, but still. Yeah, I think you know them not having Mings is you know was uh, obviously a big loss against 
against uh, Palace, and that's why they conceded so many. Well, one of the reasons why they conceded so many chances. It also doesn't help that Matty Cash plays on the same side as Zaha, and even though it was Tyreek Mitchell who did all the damage, who would have thought it? Um, <laughs> you know, when you've got when you've got Cash out against um, Wilfred Zaha, it's not. It's a recipe for disaster because you know my uh, thoughts on El Mahamedi. Um So yeah, I, I, I no this time of season I was literally as we we did a we did a Patreon pod me and you Rich so when we and we would look like you've got a ca- Captain Kane towards the end of the season every week. There's some great fixtures there. He loves it, you know, Golden Boot, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And now we're we're here. I've obviously I put the captaincy on him for thir- game week 36. Um, um, but. I just think that Villa are probably a better team at the moment than Burnley and um, Fulham. I think that Fulham are the worst of the three, but I do think that if Nick Pope is looking like he's out, I out, think apparently. that makes a very big case for Salah. Um, ba- uh, Bailey Peacock Farrell's, um, you know, his uh, his stats for. Uh, for Burnley this season when he has played have been have been absolutely awful. I mean, so he played game week ten, admittedly against City. Yeah, he's not had the easiest games. Lost five. Nil. I think Pope's ringing in sick, to be honest. Lost five. <laughs> yeah, lost five nil against City. Uh, then he played uh, game week thirty one at home to Newcastle. Uh, lost two one, and then game week thirty two away to United lost 3-1 and then uh, at home to Leeds lost 4-0 so they've lost all four games of him in goal um, yeah like you say you know three of them were Leeds United and um, City so not the easiest but yeah I mean we all know how great Nick Pope is and you know he is an FPL asset because he's he racks up so many saves and he's just a great goalkeeper um and I think that it's a little bit of a when you took um Dean Henderson out of Sheffield United you know uh, we saw what happened there and I think it's a bit of a similar situation at Burnley you take Nick Pope out and you know they're not quite the team defensively that they normally are so I think that's a massive case for Salah. Um, I could make two quite big cases against Salah. Um, I yeah. think I think the fir- the first one would be. So do you remember when he came off the bench and scored a brace against Palace in game week fourteen? Yeah, and then a Yeah. So since then he's only had double digits. So this was the first time he got double digits this week since mm. West Ham back in January. It's as all in, bonus points though. That's the only reason. He's not had more than one attacking return. Um, yeah. Since that, since that West Ham game, and before that, it was the Palace game. He's not. But he's not you, hauling. He's not. But like, if you look though, if you look at his, if you look at his, um, if you look at his uh, points uh, in all those games since, um, since, well, Palace. No, he's, he's got one. Yeah, what one double figure haul um, since that game, which was obviously the week just gone, but uh, was West Ham, right? Yeah. So he's, game, he's, he's had twenty-one. He's had eight goals since that West Ham game in game yeah. week 21. So in the last 14 game weeks, he's had eight goals. And every single week. No assist. Oh, one assist. Apart, and every single week, apart from Newcastle at home, okay, and the week just gone, he's had no bonus points. So like um, City at home, no, he scored no bonus. Leicester away, scored no bonus. 
uh, Arsenal away scored no bonus. He's bad at bonus points. Yeah, and and yeah. and that for me is one of the reasons why I don't often go for him as captain. Yeah. He Santa mm. for me, and this sounds like a really boring way to play the game. Santa for me is a little bit more like an insurance. I don't like not owning him, um, because he can go nuts in any given game week, um, and he has one of the higher ceilings in the game. But I don't often like to captain him because I feel like in terms of avenues to points, I don't, I guess, yes, he's on pens. Yeah, but apart from that, I don't think his avenues to points is that great versus a Kane who has got high assist volume this season. Um, obviously, he's on pens as well. He's amazing in terms of bonus points. Or someone like Bruno, who's also on pens. He's got a better assist threat than Salah. He's great for bonus points as well. He's on set pieces. And that's why I never get particularly attracted to Salah. But when Salah is going for the golden boot and Liverpool are arguably the most motivated team in the league at the moment, he is going to be greedy, hungry and exactly what you want your captain to be. They don't look very motivated. And I, I, also, it moves me on to my second point is uh, Ross mentioned it earlier about the, the fans are back. So Salah's going to be away to Burnley, whereas Kane's at home to Villa. And it's it's home fans only, isn't it? So that mm-hmm. leads me, leans me strongly towards Kane or, or the Spurs assets. Because I again, think, that goes back I to think, what I said um, about Bale earlier, about his home form against these smaller teams. If he gets, you know, over 45 minutes yeah, game. yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I think with regards to Bale, there's not a dog's chance. I don't think that they're going to welcome fans back in, and there's only one chance those fans are going to have to see Gareth Bale. Uh, they're going to yeah. bench him. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So, so you know, Daniel Levy would not want that at all. You know, um, part of the reason, well, part of the reason for getting him was probably, you know, ticket sales, shirt sales, etc. And they've probably not quite made the money back on that that they were expecting to. Um, so I think, yeah, he, he, for that case, he should definitely start. Um, and yeah, I think he's a great captain option. I just feel that with Villa, they aren't quite as vulnerable as a Burnley with no Nick Pope or a Fulham on current form. I think that, you know, let's not forget they've got arguably the best keeper in the league in Martinez, um, or, you know, this season he has been. And I think, you know, they've got, they're just, they're just a bit more, they've got a bit more grit about them um, at the moment anyway. Well, let's um, let's let's hold that thought because we get we can have a bit of time to think about it, and in Traptons we can actually say you know who who we're going to captain. Um, so the Iceman's piss break is of course sponsored by our very own FPL merch. Ooh. Welcome back to FPL Merch Radio. Now, before we get to our callers, I just want to remind the listeners of our main talking point today, loser forfeits. So are you an FPL loser? Do you have any friends at the bottom of your mini league? And what is their forfeit? Let's take a call. Line one, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you from? All right, mate. How's it going? Well, James from Norwich, we are asking people today, are you an FPL loser? Oh, for God's sake. What? What? Am I being recorded? I feel like I'm being recorded. Mm, 800k overall rank. Not looking good, James. And I also heard you recently lost your job. David, if you're doing the FPL merch advert, 
I am part of FPL merch now, and I don't remember approving anything like this. Well, since you're such a loser this season, James, we're going to offer you loads of FPL merch forfeit goodies courtesy of FPLmerch.com. We've got a tiara, wooden spoon, even a car bumper sticker that says FPL loser on board, honk to remind me, and loads more. You happy with that, James? I'm not happy with any of this. I'm telling you now, if this sees the light of day... You are very welcome. Thanks for calling. And he's going away with that FPL merch goodie bag. Remember, folks, FPL merch isn't just for the winners. It's for the losers, too. Just like James. Keep a lookout for loads of embarrassing loser forfeits on FPLmerch.com. Available from Gaming 37 onwards. Welcome back, listeners, and we're going to get straight into a couple of questions. Like I said, we've only got a very short turnaround before the deadline, so we're just going to do a couple more because um, we want to get this released so people can actually listen to the episode before the deadline. So our first question is from the legend J-Roz on our Slack channel. Is DCL, so Calvert-Lewin, still an earmark transfer ahead of 38 after what we saw from City versus Newcastle? Ross, if you had Calvert-Lewin, I can't remember if you do have him. I do, um, actually. do. Do you have a plan yeah. for him? <laughs> um, no, I've got um, I've diff- I've got different fires to sort out first before getting getting to him. So I think he might be a hold for me. But if we're basing this off what we saw in the City versus Newcastle game, then I don't think he is. Um, mm. But if we're basing it off uh, his team, Everton against Sheffield United, then probably probably yes, because they were dire. I mean, watching that game, I was glad that I'm not an Everton fan uh, because just watching Calvert-Lewin on, at that game was bad enough. Uh, he did have an opportunity as well, didn't he? He should have scored from a couple of yards out. Should have done. Richarlison should have scored first of all and then Calvert-Lewin should have scored as well. I mean, it's a great double save from Ramsdale, but... Mm. but yeah, so, I mean, I mean, the problem with Everton is they're so poor at home and yet they're a totally different side away and as they're playing Wolves at home and then City away I mean yeah City is a is a bad game but it is away from home and then Wolves aren't aren't amazing at the moment so it would probably be a hold for me a hold leaning towards a sell you won because I think I I mentioned last week I was looking at Calvert-Lewin to Wood because Wood's got an easy game in 38 but I don't know, there's so much stuff, because I wouldn't want to sell them this week. I know they're bad at home, but the fans are back, like we keep mentioning. So yeah. maybe he'll do better, or Everton would do better with, with the fans at home. I think yeah, It could really change yeah. things, couldn't it? it with could. the fans being at home at Goodson Park. That <laughs> problem, might be what they're missing after all. It might be. The problem is we find out, and then they don't have any more home games. Because um, <laughs> all these teams have only got one home game for the rest of the season. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's quite frustrating, really. Like... I think he's a hold for this week, and then I'm just going to see what happens in 38. Um, you don't even have him, do you, Josh? I don't know. Had him for ages at the start of the season, but never really since, I don't think. Um, he's he's a funny one, isn't he, DTO? He's quite frustrating when he's... Because uh, he's one of those players who, who who doesn't look that amazing on the eye, but he always um, he always does come come away with the points is in his sort of uh clumbersome way of getting getting goals coming off of all all uh, all parts of his body as he did at the start of the season. I don't think he's a he's an he's an issue personally for game week thirty eight. Obviously if you've got a better option you can bench him, put him first sub, but 
I could see him coming away with something away to City without a doubt. You know, if they if they go into that game without Diaz, for example, which you would have thought would be the case because they'd want to keep him fresh for the Champions League final, then yeah, I think that they could um, <clears throat> they could definitely concede and therefore DC will be a decent decent option. Yeah, I think it's so hard, you know, with these players now where it's hard to bring a player in for one week and nail it. So I think there's going to be a lot of players like Calvert-Lewin and Ian Acho where you might just start them and, and hope because I don't think a hit's going to be worth it. I mean, either of you two looking at any hits over the next couple of game weeks? I, pr- I probably am um, because only because I'm 70,000 and I want to get that top 50k. So I do want to make some moves and try and kind of maximize my scores over the last couple of weeks. And there is a couple of games that I do have my eye on that I want to target as well. So I probably will. Nice, nice. I haven't actually taken a hit since game week 26, which seems like quite a while ago. Sounds like you've been lucky with injuries. I had to do back-to-back minus eights just to get out 11 players. But (laughs) (laughs) But, um, we've got a question on Twitter from FPL Sizz. Is taking one out of Ian Acho or Watkins worth a hit? The other will be sitting on my bench as first sub. So I think we've we've touched on Ian Acho before, but what, what what do you think, Ross? Well, the funny thing is they both play the same teams, don't they? They both play Tottenham and Chelsea. Yeah. Um. I th- I think at the out of the two, I would rather play Tottenham at home and Chelsea away as opposed to Chelsea away and um as opposed to Chelsea at home and Tottenham away. Um. So I'd probably lean towards keeping Nacho out of the two. And I would probably keep both of them. Uh, depending on what your team structure is like. But if it was a choice about taking one out, it would probably be Watkins. But whether it's worth it for a hit or not, I'm I'm not sure. The if we if you're doing it for Wood for 38, then I mean he plays Sheffield United away. That might be an option. Yeah, I mean they're both they're both players capable of scoring in pretty much any game. I mean obviously Watkins mm-hmm. even showed it against Liverpool, didn't he? And so, something <laughs> I found quite impressive this week is Tom Tom Freeman. Uh, he's been on the wire a few times. He writes for Fantasy Football Scout, but he had Welbeck, and it's just I I look at his team sometimes and similar managers, and they're very patient with these players, and it shows you know these players can score in any game. I mean obviously you have to get a bit lucky, but I think that's why I'd actually be against a hit when it's so late in the season? I mean, what do you think, Josh? Yeah, it doesn't really give it much time to pan out, does it? I think, oh, um, I think the, only, the only time I'm really uh, pro-hit is double game weeks, because I think there's big upside, um, or captaincy, as in if there's yeah. a particular player that you want to captain, um, whether it be, you know, who's a, a bit of a template captain choice that you don't own, or... Uh, a differential that you re- you really fancy so you know in this case we get to go and meet 38 and uh, you know right now I don't think there probably is anyone that springs to mind but if uh, there was Man- Mane for example yeah I mean I think a lot of people might do the Bruno to, Ma- to Mane uh, move in game week 38 something yeah. that I'm considering but I think um you know that 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 would be me. Double game weeks and uh, and captaincy really. I don't think otherwise I'd I'd bother with hits most of the time. I think um, a lot of the time they don't pay off. Um, and yeah, you know, like you just said, with uh, with only two game weeks left, it doesn't give much time for uh, for the the points to come back to you. Yeah, a lot of these players are much of a muchness around that mm. kind of part, aren't they? Ian Acho, Antonio, Watkins, Bamford. You know, it's it's hard to know who's going to be the one that scores that week. Well, I think yeah, Ian Acho, like you said earlier, could be could be a right game with 38 against Spurs. 
Um, I don't personally think he's going to get any more than a goal at most against us, but I think um, against Spurs in 38, he could be could be a, you know an all right option for that, especially as you know they've got something to play for. Um, Villa haven't, so definitely he'd be the pick out of the two of him and Watkins for me. Yeah, at the end of the day, these two are just they're quite cheap players, aren't they? So even if you want to bench one, even if you don't want to play play one then you can I'm sure you've got somebody Mm. on the bench that you might even prefer but um yeah these players tend to trickle in points so is it really worth it for a hit it's going to be an issue next season I think the the strikers pricing really because I think there's going to be you know we've seen we've seen a real uh divide in in strikers this season you've had the sort of the premium the premium picks, so your your Vardy's and your Canes, and obviously Werner was very popular at the start before we always re- all realised that he couldn't hit a barn door. Um, <laughs> and then there's basically been a big, big, big um, gap then to you know a, a huge selection of uh, of budget strikers really in in the likes of Bamford, you know Watkins, Wood. And, and Antonio, uh, there's, there's been there's been a lot of them to choose from this season. Wilson, um, you know, there's there's been a few in between like Ings and DCL, but I think there's there's been a lot of value there up front this season. And what's going to be interesting to see is if they do hike a lot of these up to seven, seven point five, eight million, um, and then you know we're going to have to start to look at the likes of Pookie again, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, there's been seasons where there was no strikers. Like yeah. we, there were literally no strikers and it was a real, yeah. so th- these things change, don't they? There might be lots of good defenders next season or good midfielders or maybe like you say, new strikers like Pookie will appear. Although I imagine his price might be, I guess probably 6.57, but let's not get into next season yet. Um, we get move on to our feedback. So we got some feedback from Mark this week. So M Bison 22. He said that me and Josh have done a genuinely terrific job. He was worried about the show with Iceman gone. It's been as good as ever this season. Thank you for keeping the pod live and looking after its legacy. Can't have been easy putting all the effort in every week. So, I mean, yeah, Josh, it has has been a lot of effort, hasn't it? And I think you've got a bit of an announcement. Yeah, no, it's been really, really enjoyable. I've absolutely loved it. And it has been a lot of effort, but um, but worth uh, worth it all the time. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I am going to be stepping aside um, at the end of this season, um, had a great, great season. Really enjoyed it doing with you, you know, doing it with you, Rich. And we've had some fantastic guests on. Uh, it's been great fun. But yeah, just got um, sort of other things uh, that, that need uh, to be prioritised. And um, we do have uh, a great uh, replacement who is going to be on the pod next week. Uh, so looking forward to that. Yeah, we do. And I mean, you, we're both very excited about the replacement. Obviously, it was a name you put forward, you know, straight away. It was the one you the person you wanted to replace you. Yeah. And, and I, I just, you know, I, I just thought back over this season and who have we had who uh, has received great feedback. You've given uh, who, a clue here. Oh, I'll, I'll give a few <laughs> sneaky clues. Who have we had that has re- received great feedback? Who have we had who's, uh, you know, an experienced podcaster? Um, and, and, and yeah, and I think that, that, that keeps um, the, the podcasting in great shape. And I hope that, you know, all the listeners out there feel not just Mark and Bison 22, but all the listeners out there feel that me and you have uh, uh, done, a, done a great job and, you know, taking it on from, uh, you know, the fantastic work that obviously Iceman and Stefan did last season. 
And um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to being a guest on the pod though um, next season. I am always available whenever you uh, whenever you need me because I'm sure you'll have plenty of uh, other fantastic guests guests across the season. Nice. It doesn't seem like that long ago. Me and you were we were doing test pods where we'd spend two hours right. recording a pod. I'd spend like five hours trying to learn how to edit it, and then we send them to the ice man. We quite quickly got into the groove of it, didn't we? Yeah. And, you know the way that I I do the schedule every week and. Uh, you know sort out the guests and and whatnot and then you do all the the editing post and, and post the pod on on twitter and all the uh you know soundcloud and spotify and whatnot it's 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 you know we found a we found a groove and it's good and i, I know obviously you know you've got some exciting plans for next season um how things how things are going to be you know slightly different with um with aforementioned new coast ho- yeah, co-hosts. There's gonna, so, there's yeah, going to be can... some improvements that we can put time into. But yeah. look, if I can just chip in from Go your um, your rom-com that is going on here, um, <laughs> I think I I I can speak for the the majority because I've listened to literally every episode uh, this season and I've really thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think you guys have a lot to be proud of. Uh, with this podcast this year because it has been is been really excellent and one of the, one of my favorites this year for sure Cheers, you know, thank you Ross but do you know the thing I'm most annoyed about is the fact Josh has had an like a good season I've had an awful one and now he's leaving so he, yeah, I, I don't mean you might have a good one next season I think I think that was part of it to just hear your misery every week as well that that was very enjoyable for a lot of us that's the real reason Josh is leaving. <laughs> I think, Rich, we both we both went a bit aggressive at the start, didn't we, with um, wow. with points hits and early wild cards, and I think <laughs> you just continued to go aggressive, didn't you? Whereas I probably uh, have sort of uh, oh, yeah, I'm calm. definitely I'm definitely a lot more stubborn than you, <laughs> definitely, because it wasn't that far into the season. I was only two points behind you, but and then yeah, we, then we went our separate ways. But thank you for the feedback, Mark. Um, Josh, you've still got a couple more episodes, and like you said, your yeah. guest next season. Yeah. So let's move straight back on into the rest of it. So our partner chat, Mikhail Tokram's algorithm. You can access that at patreon.com forward slash transfer algorithm. We're also partnered with Fantasy Football Hub and have been given the exclusive sign-up code. It's SURGERY15 in capital letters. Just go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk and you can sign up there for 15% off with that code SURGERY15. And we're partnered with FPL Doodles, who I believe might be on the end of the season podcast. And you can find him on Twitter at FPL Doodles one He does the artwork for the pod release tweet each and every week. So, trapped ins our transfers and captains. Now, the deadline's tomorrow. Um, so Ross, have you decided your transfer and decided your captain? Yeah, I think I'm going to keep it simple this week. I'm going to go um, from Jota to Greenwood. Um, it's just it's just by sheer luck that I'm able to switch out one Liverpool player who's injured for a Manchester United forward who um, has a great great game this week, and they're playing Fulham at home. Um, and I can see that United are going to want to put on a show to their fans because it's not exactly like they like them at the moment, is it? <laughs> no. And are you going to captain him as well? No, uh, I'm going to captain Kane. <laughs> no, fair enough. Fair I enough. Think. Yeah. Kane, Kane, are you? Not yeah. not Salah. No. Um, it was part of um the fact that Spurs play at home. Um, as opposed to Liverpool playing away. I mean, all these sides that were part of the ESL, the ones are going to 
um, put on a bit of a show, as it were, to these fans and kind of make them like them again. Um, and I really think that that is what they're going to do. Plus the fact that Kane's reaching out for a golden boot and he generally does well at home. Um, yeah, I have to, I have to go with Kane. Uh, Salah is just infuriating to watch and I've I've <laughs> trusted in Salah so many times this season and he's fluffed so many chances. I don't think I trust him. Great goal there yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, it is a good goal and he scores a lot of good goals, but he also fluffs a lot of I know what you mean, chances. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um and like we said, he takes two it takes two um what is it? A, a goal or an assist um to get any bonus points because yeah, he, needs, he needs two attacking returns really yeah, doesn't he? two attacking returns and I yeah. Think yeah it's it's, it's it's a difficult one it's it's quite infuriating you know when you do captain him how difficult it is for him to get bonus and then there's other people you know the likes of de bruyne and um bruno and stuff and kane they've only got a sneeze to get three bonus points really on the pitch it's just mm. uh it's, it's a funny one but you know it's it's it, I think that the bonus points system has, has has had a lot of critics over the years. I do feel that it's had at least a bit of consistency in recent seasons and we are at least beginning to understand it. And, you know, I can I can pretty much watch a game now knowing who's got the goals and the assists and, you know, clean sheets and whatever and pretty much predict it most times without looking at it throughout the game just because, you know, I can see you know, what sort of play play players it favours in terms of positional, in terms of, you know, like I was very, very surprised actually that Salah got three bonus points yesterday. He lost the ball hundreds of times. Um, it was it was quite a shock actually yesterday. Do you, do you know what? I actually was so surprised by it. I looked into it a little bit yeah. and he didn't lose the ball as much as he normally does, uh, which was weird. He didn't have any shots off target. Um, there was a lot he, of he things. Set up it was a, a big st- chance for Wijnaldum, or at least a, a good yeah, chance. Yeah, Mane as well. Yeah, I think it was a bit of a freak game for Salah, where he did. Normally, it's the shots off target, the offsides, the losing the yeah. ball more than he did in that game. I just thought it'd be Allison, yeah. but I think weirdly enough, obviously, well, not weirdly enough, but the bonus point system rewards a striker. And I know Salah's obviously a midfielder, but it rewards a striker more for a goal than it does a goalkeeper. And, and that makes sense. A goalkeeper's you know, <laughs> job is to save goals, not score them. But still, you know, you just think Alisson scored the winner. You know, <laughs> he's, he's definitely getting three bonus points and it, it doesn't work like that. You know, no. it's, it's, it's and that's why often strikers, you know, quite often, you know, I think we saw it a lot last season. Um, with um, with with Ings um, and um, and Vardy is a big one for it as well, where they quite often you know get get maximum bonus a lot when they're when they're in the goals. Um, whereas I think you don't really see it so much with midfielders. You know I think even you, you notice a difference this season with Aubameyang. Obviously he's not been doing as well, but when he has scored goals, I remember even the first game of the season uh, he scored against um, Fulham away at Fulham game week one. And it's a lot harder for him to get bonuses as a midfielder scoring goals than it was as a striker scoring goals. Um, and it's just the way that the um, the bonus system is structured. But even though I don't wholeheartedly agree with it, I, I think at least it's had some consistency in recent seasons. So as experienced FPL players, we, we should now 
start to have got to grips and got used to at least how it you know how it works do you know what i mean yeah no i do and i completely agree and it's something with salah where he because he's not getting those bonus points generally and because he's not really getting more than one attack in return he's not punishing people for trying to go different i mean he punished people in game week one myself included but this week for example i I captain bale who got seven points for an assist salah only got three points more trent got six yeah. You know, Salah, again, only got four points more. So if you own both of those players, Salah and the player you captained, you know, you weren't getting punished. You need you need these massive hauls from a captain. To but it's like truly with Salah, punished. a lot of the time, like I said, the reason why I don't captain him that often um, is because a lot of the time he comes away with sevens and eights because it's either a goal, no bonus, or a goal, no bonus, and one clean sheet point. And it's not a high enough ceiling. Yes, he's Calvin got... Lewin points. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he's got that ceiling, and that's why I want to have him and not go without him. But in terms of, like, he doesn't do that week in, week out, and it's very hard to call when he is going to do it. It used to be a lot easier. It used to be very much Salah at home against weak opposition. It's not quite been that... Or Salah without Mane. Even that's not quite proving um the theory in, in 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 recent you know it has earlier in the season but not recently so much you know which which is a real it was, it was one of the most reliable fpl theories that have ever been but in 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 earlier this season great but like i say the last sort of 10 or so game weeks whenever mane has played it hasn't actually been that salah's you know gone nuts but what i was going to say was those 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 weeks when he does clock up sevens and eights, you know, if he had have been coming away with three bonus, you know, let's say he was, let's say he was classified as a striker. He would be gold classified as a striker because he'd be coming away with, you know, obviously get one less point for, for, uh, for a goal, but he would be coming away with three bonus most games with those because of how it's structured for strikers to score goals. I hope you're not now going to say when I ask you your transfers and captains that you're captain in Salah. <laughs> he, he's in he's in the mix, right? And there's one one uh, reason he's in the mix, and that is only Bailey Peacock Farrell. If if Pope if if let's you know, and I I, I think it, it probably looks like Peacock Farrell's going to play, but if if I got confirmation that Pope was playing, I wouldn't captain him. No. Right. Um, transfers uh, I will, uh, my transfer I think will either be Jota to Harrison or Roll um, I can't see a replacement for Jota under his price tag because obviously not Greenwood who is more attractive than Harrison in terms of has two good games high upside playing for a you know, attacking team that scores goals. So I've already got Rafinha. So it's it's that's the only one really. So it's either Jota to Harrison, um, and captain will be either Salah if we think it's going to be Peacock Farrell in goal, um, or it'll be Bruno at home to Fulham. I love Kane. I love him at the end of the season. I don't think I fancy him as much against Villa but I don't know his shot volume was great though the week just gone and you know when his shot volume starts to get into the sixes sevens and eights per game you know it's Harry Kane time don't you yeah he was unlucky not to have a hat trick if we if we had a couple of games if we had a chip and you know this is an idea for FPL if we had a chip where you could captain more than one player 
uh, or you could captain three players even. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't have <laughs> obviously, you'd blank. use it in a double game week. But if you if you uh, still had the chip, this would be the week to do it. I honestly, honestly think it's a really tough call between the three of them this week. Really, really do. And um, but yeah, as for transfers, like I said, um, either Roll or um, or Harrison and for, for Jota. How about you, Rich? You're going to come out with I'm going to captain Bale, aren't you? Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, no, go for it. Go yeah. for it. Like he's he's he, he's a great differential captain. He's the great differential captain for Spurs. The great differential captain for Liverpool is obviously Mane, and the great differential captain for United's Greenwood. Anyone who owns those three players, that they, they make a great case. Just in a really weird position because I'm 836k. I'm not really paying playing for anything. I don't even think I can make the top half a million. So. Yeah. I can't do something crazy to to get a good rank. That's not going to happen. I'm a you know I'd need to get 100 point captain double to 200 that no one else owns. This so, might be your last ever chance to captain Gareth Bale in FPL ever. Yeah, I mean to be honest, it goes against everything I want to do. Like I, I I want to captain Kane, um, but I feel like that would be silly. Like I said before, the lowest captain score Bale's got at home in you know 45 minutes or more is that seven pointer i got this week so i I don't think um i don't think kane's effective ownership will be that that high i think the highest effective ownership this week will be bruno and salah yeah i I think you you know this week what we i think kane was about at my rank he was about 97 98 percent this week and i had the captaincy on him and um you know it was you know it's it's fine you know i don't think i think yes obviously you're gonna get more gains off of bale if he if he if he explodes yeah but i think don't i wouldn't look at kane as a defensive move like it still i would say won't be you know i mean the, the captain polls are all saying bruno and salah and none of them have got kane at the top so it's still a slight differential yeah i mean so it's probably going to be bail captain it might be kane um transfer wise this is the only dilemma i've got actually is it's a bit boring as well. Like I, I could bring in Dallas for target or concert and then I could play Dallas ahead of Ailing. Uh, but what it also does is it means I don't have to play a Villa defender in, in game week 38. The other option though is to roll. And then I've got quite an easy route to get Mane next week in 38. But like we mentioned earlier, it's harder, you know, to bring a player in for one game, we can get a big haul. Would you do, so, who would you bring Mane in for Bale? I'd bring Mane in for Sigurdsson. This is the thing. Ooh, this week I have to know. bench either Sigurdsson or Iheanacho, but obviously Sigurdsson's got City in, so in what's game your week 38. Route, what's your route? What's your other move to do that? Um, it would be Calvert-Lewin to whoever, and then I could do Sigurdsson. Some dross. Just some dross, yeah, like a Brewster, something like that. Then I could play Nacho and Kane against each other, and I could bring Mane in, but it just feels a bit defensive I, I, or a bit, I don't know. I think I'd rather get Dallas in now. Um, and then I could bench Ailing, and then I've got two Leeds defenders for 38 and Trent, and then I'll bench Dean. Um, but we'll see. Two I Leeds mean, defenders is um, you thought your your three liver uh, three Villa that you had against Everton uh, in the double game week was you know testing for your heart. You try having two Leeds defenders, honestly. The thing, thing is, Josh, you have to, you have, to remember, you have to remember as well. I'm not, I'm not playing for anything. Like I, I'm no, really, I'm really enjoying it. I, I am. I've enjoyed the last couple of game weeks a lot, and a lot of people are saying they're happy the season's about to end. But I wish it had. We had another thirty weeks so I could fix it. But <laughs> the reality's here. Would, it, I, would you? It still take you thirty weeks? 
I don't know. I, 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 I guess I'm, I mean, I'm about 200 odd points behind top 10k. So you, maybe I'll do 60 you, weeks. You say you've got, not got nothing to play for, you know. Um, you, you're have, not going to play for, but I guarantee you, you, you go with Dallas and Ailing and play both of them for the last two weeks. You'll you'll be you'll be dripping with sweat both. No, but I'll bench Ailing this week. This is why it's a bit of a niche transfer. It's just very team dependent, isn't it? And I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't bother, mate. I, I wouldn't bother. I yeah. really wouldn't. I think you know. Yes, all right. Dallas is Dallas has got a, a higher upside than Ailing, but it's not like you're comparing like Nat Phillips and Trent. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 like you know Dallas is great, yes, but I think. I think Ailing's, you know, he's, he's covering the clean sheet at least. And yeah, I mean, I mean the, the aggressive move for this week would be I could bring Son. I, I don't know how I'll do this, but I'd like to have Son, Bale, and Kane for this week. That'd be captain. brilliant. That, That'd but be I, I don't know how I'd do it. But look, make don't fantasy it. fun again, Rich. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I'm enjoying. It. I am enjoying it. I'm enjoying. Don't take the... hits. But I, I, I really, I really wouldn't. I really wouldn't mess around with defensive transfers. Really, I think that you know. You, you've got you've got five defenders who play. And Dallas think, is a well, is a midfielder, but um, <laughs> we know that um, what is it? Klitsch Klitsch isn't going to be playing, so Dallas might be playing a deeper role the next few games. So it's not not guaranteed that he is going to get any returns from the next few games, no matter how good they are. He might still be playing a deeper role. It's a really good point. It's just it's, it goes back to what I said earlier. It's mad how people have been telling me all season get Dallas, and I finally I'm prepared to do it, and I've been told don't get Harrison. <laughs> I wouldn't. I'm not necessarily saying Harrison. No, 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 I think I know, I know. it all depends how much money you've got in the bank. But I'd um, yeah, I'd definitely go with higher, higher. Uh, I'd just go with attacking players. Yes, you could say. Dallas has got a high upside. I mean, he needs a goal in the clean sheet, and he's come away with 15 points, isn't he? Really, um, but I, I would say, I would say, yeah, I'd go, I'd, I'd spend your transfers on attacking, on attacking players personally. All I, I care think... about is if you guys, I want you guys' transfers to pay off. It's, it's irrelevant what mine do at the moment. So, oh, <laughs> so sweet. keep over. You're I'll save nice. it for next season. I'll save it for next season. I don't. Wanna... I'll, I'll take that. By the way, happily. Yeah, I'd I'd give you my points if I could. There's not oh. many. There's not many, but I'd give you them, Ross. I'll give you an <laughs> FPL loser wooden spoon in return. <laughs> I could fill my the, the wall behind me with them. That'd be that'd be beautiful. Just don't let the uh, electrician use your mug again. You weren't happy about that. Oh, were you? I haven't. I haven't told Ross what happened. No. Rich, <laughs> Rich had they had an electrician it? round, and uh, I think his missus let. Uh, made them a cup of tea in his FPL merch mark and he messaged us that he was not a happy boy about it were you sacrilege and and it got broken no 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 I know but I don't deserve it I mean I'm 800k in the world all your dreams shattered yeah FPL royalty with a with a with a split (laughs) down the middle (laughs) but should should we move on to our differential picks I'm sorry about the mug but head, head back I, don't, I don't know whether I, I want to be on this pod anymore now having known that I didn't do it <laughs> that's oh well that's fair enough then um differentials I'm gonna go for Joe Willock um he's one percent owned 4.7 million plays Sheffield United and Fulham nice like it like it and what about yourself Josh 
I've gone for Saint Maximum for the same reasons. Um, I just think he's an exciting player to own. Great fixtures. I mean, they're the best fixtures you can have at the moment, really. Home to Sheffield United away to Fulham. So yeah, I think he. I just can't bring him in because I just. No offence, Ross. I know you're a Newcastle fan, but I can't bring in a Newcastle fan with my last uh, the Newcastle fan, a Newcastle player, I should say, with my with my last two transfers of the season. It just feels incredibly <laughs> wrong. Um, I'm not going to cl- keep a clean sweep of Newcastle players. Mine's Bobby oh, Firmino. Boom. I'm sorry, Ross. Four <laughs> percent owned for Bobby. Uh, so you mentioned him earlier, Ross. I, I think, yeah, it, trying to fill up fill out those Liverpool spots. I think you know he's not an awful option. I mean, generally he is, but, but I think for two game weeks, you know, <laughs> just, you could, just if you if you wanted to back against Newcastle, I didn't realise that Jebison was four point five million. <laughs> I'll tell you what, mate. I'm not changing the bet. You've got Brewster, and you're sticking with him. Oh, no. um, <laughs> they are, only they started him over Brewster this season. Allison's got more goals. Mm. <laughs> so please help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery. Please join the FPL surgery podcast league. The code is 439HW9. Find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, and Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at FPL surgery. You can subscribe on iTunes and please rate the podcast five stars. It'd be very much appreciated. And you can send us an email, FPL surgery podcast at gmail.com. So, Ross, thank you so much for coming on today. And oh, Thanks for having me. No, no, th- honestly, thank you for coming on and thank you for all the support, obviously, throughout the season. So you've got a few exciting things coming up or a lot of exciting things coming up for, for, for the company this week. Is that right? Yeah, we're, we're changing everything, actually. Um, we've got a new site that's launching on Wednesday. Um, we've got a little, um, what's it called? We've got a YouTube launch party going on in the evening. If you follow me at FPL Merch, you can see what um, what time it is um, and when we're hosting it. Um, yeah, we've got a whole different array of products. We've got FPL Loser products, which I know won't apply to the majority of the people listening in, but <clears> I'm <throat> sure you have... <laughs> I didn't say hosting, <laughs> but I'm sure that you um you have some FPL loser friends that you'd like to give gifts to during the course of the season. Um, I've, we've got plenty of those. We've got loads of trophies um as well um and some some apparel where we can put in your um your league name and your team name and whatnot. So some f- fun little products. Um, it's all it's all good and it's just a bit of fun at the end of the day awesome awesome i'll be tuning into the stream so that's on wednesday to see so that's got andy on hasn't it from let's talk fpl it does yes yeah, yeah it has yeah. and uh, that's good we'll have at least one listener then i'm sure i'm sure you'll have a lot i'm sure you have a lot of listeners and a lot of people interested in in buying people wooden spoons etc i honestly i think those kind of prizes appeal to me so much more than you know than trophies and stuff like i I think that's hilarious. Well, really I say it, I say it in all politeness, but I think the FPL loser spoon was inspired by you, wasn't it? <laughs> After our chats, not based yeah. on your your season, of course. It's it's why I've done it, Ross. Like I, you know, obviously I, the the mug wasn't destined for me, but maybe the spoon was. So yeah. maybe, maybe that's I'll, part. I'll of have it. a little little goodie box sent to you. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll even sign it if you like. Oh, that would be that would be nice. That would be really nice. No, thank you so much for coming on, Ross. Oh, Cheers, thanks Ross. for having me. It's been great. Cheers. And 
for the I don't know what's before penultimate, but for the third last time, Josh, you got one more thing to say. Up the pod. Up the pod. Up the pod. Up the pod.